You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. The, the Lord told me yesterday as I sat and just got ready for this word um, and to deliver it and put in pen to paper and um, he, he showed me here very early at the start of the day, or start of the morning, um, just praying over this sanctuary. And I, I didn't understand it, but I wasn't going to fight with it. So I got here this morning, began to pray, and just the Lord very quickly told me that there is a lot, and He showed me that there is a lot that would come against us today to prevent the word that the Lord is speaking from being received by the children that are listening. That there are circumstances uh, again, in your story, there are things in your story that have become giants to you and they are dictating your response again. We talked about it last week, but they still exist in your story and you're still allowing it. Uh, I was still allowing it. There are still areas where we are allowing these circumstances to dictate our response and to tell us what we are capable of and what we are not capable of. Circumstances that are telling the children of God what they can and cannot do. And so we're going to put that Uh, to rest right now as well. But what I also need you to understand is as I was preaching uh, or teaching in Sunday school, um, since since COVID, since I had COVID, I have, uh, when the wind blows, I can't breathe for anything. So I've got an inhaler. I've got to do all that silly stuff now. And I really hate doing it, um, but I have to do it. And uh, don't have my inhaler this morning. And feeling like I'm going to pass out as I'm, I'm teaching in Sunday school, thinking this is not going to be good. I can't breathe, and I don't have a, a way to breathe. And uh, just sitting there, and you know, the Lord, the Lord has this word to, to say, and He will not be stopped from speaking it. And so just trusting in that. And we play, and we're playing, and that, that song that we just sang, it's an oldie, but man, is it a good one. Um, you're unstoppable. That is who you are. Proclaiming that truth, and I, I would just ask you to proclaim that truth over your own story right now. That we could just sit in this moment and we could proclaim that truth because what the Lord has for you today will not be stopped. What the Lord has to do and what He will do, if there are people that want to do it and are willing to do it, it will not be stopped. He's just waiting on those that say yes. So it doesn't matter uh, your circumstances, doesn't matter if you feel qualified or not. The Lord has chosen you, He has anointed you for it, and He will not be stopped. He will do a work in you, He will do a work in us, and He will do a work in this city. He will do a work in the places that we dwell. He will not be stopped. He is unstoppable. That is our God. That is who He is. That is a characteristic of His nature. And that God dwells in us. And so therefore you will not be stopped. Because if your Father in Heaven cannot be stopped, His children will definitely not be stopped. Amen? That is who you are. And I'm telling you right now, I'm standing before you preaching and I'm breathing just fine. Because He will not be stopped. And so I'm speaking that now. I want to point that out now because in this moment, I need you to apply that to your story. Because what we're talking about today and what we've got coming up this week... um, 
I need, I need the children of God to rest firmly in this reality that I am unstoppable. And what the Lord gives me to do will be done because I am unstoppable. Amen? What the Lord gives you to do will be done. If it's, if it's interceding and praying and establishing something, I don't care if it's putting a lemonade stand on the corner and selling lemonade for five cents. If that's what the Lord's given you to do, do it. It will not be stopped. It will change the world. And if it's interceding on a, over a conflict that's across the world from us, really, it's not that far away from us. But on the other side of the world, in our minds, if He's given you that to do, He will not be stopped and neither will you. Amen? So Lord, we just received that this morning. Bring to mind immediately the circumstances that are seeking to distract us this morning. There are a, there's distraction in this room. I can feel it. And it's not because a heart that longs to be distracted. It's, it's just almost right now our mind is just downloading so many different things and we can't put a stop to it. I pray rest right now. Peace over our minds in Jesus' name. There will be peace in this house. There will be peace over our minds that we would see You and only see You. I, in this moment when Jay was asking us to just dwell and look at the Father with our mind's eye in our spirit to dwell among Him, the second we began to see Him, things began to cloud what we were seeing. I can see it in this place and I, it will be removed now in Jesus' name. The sons and daughters of God will not be stopped because their Father is unstoppable. And so in this place, we receive it. Whatever circumstance waits for us outside of this place, we will not be stopped. And it will not dictate to us the terms in which we respond. It will not say what we are capable of and what we are incapable of. It will not say what we can and what we cannot do. For we serve a God outside of circumstances. We serve an unstoppable God and He dwells in us. I am His temple. We are His temple. And we are holy. And who will stand against God's elect? There is no one. For we are more than conquerors. So there is no circumstance on earth that we will face that could stand against us. We will just move through them. Because we are unstoppable. It doesn't matter if it looks like a brick wall that we can't go through. You have called us through and we will walk through it effortlessly. We will go through. That brick wall does not stand a chance against God's elect. I pray peace over our minds and over our hearts. Clarity that we would see You with such a tunnel vision that we could see nothing else. We could only see Your heart in this moment and we could only see our place in it. Holy Spirit, reign in this place in power and passion. And I pray that passion would rise up out of this place. A passion for Your name and for Your heart. A yearning. A deep yearning for Your business. For kingdom business in this house. Lord, we thank You that now we see with clarity. I thank You for the breath of fresh air that everyone is breathing. We thank You, King Jesus, for all that You're doing and for what You've anointed this morning for. For how You have come. We have sought You with our heart and You have come to us. We did not have to find You. You found us. You were waiting for us to turn and seek You. And here You are, 
in our midst. We thank you. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Children's Church. There you go, buddy. They're gone. Started something. Well, good morning, children of God. Those, uh, those of you that are ushering in the presence of God unto the world. Amen. That is who we are. What a, what a powerful gift. We looked at some, of, some more scripture in Acts this morning in Sunday school. Just so powerful to see that, that first group in the upper room and then those first thousand people. The, these people are the first to be filled with the presence of God and then usher that presence into the world around them. And we are a product of those people. But we are not a product of those people that we would be a, it would just be done because it got to us and now it's over. But that we would continue what we saw in the upper room that we would usher in the presence of God because of our pursuit of God. We would usher in His presence to those around us. Amen? Amen. And that we would be those that command their circumstances and are not commanded by them. Amen? You are God's elect. You are more than a conqueror. And who can stand against us, my friends? Come on now. There's questions and there's answers. Even if I keep talking, you can answer out loud, okay? There's no rudeness in here. As long as the answer is nice and not mean, we'll be okay. There is no power. There is nothing in all of creation that can stand against you. Remember that. So what should we fear? There is nothing. For if He is for us, who can be against us? No one. I would ask you, I would challenge you, make that a habit to remind yourself of that fact. Remind yourself of it often. That if He is for me, who can stand against me? You are the heirs to the kingdom of heaven. I pray that you would receive this this morning and receive it over and over and over and over and over again. It is not just for you to receive it once. It is for you to receive it with every breath of the rest of your life. That you are an heir to the kingdom of heaven and nothing can stand against you. I, I pray in this place and challenge you to rejoice, to cause joy. For you have been anointed. Oh, this should cause us to rejoice. Because we have been anointed to usher in the presence of God to all of the world. You and me have been anointed for such a thing. Wow. Not just one of us, but all of us. Amen. This group, this group that you are a part of, God has released unto us the heart of heaven. Released unto us the heart of heaven to steward. God making His appeal through us. And just as the group in the upper room saw and experienced, we will see the Spirit poured out. Amen? Amen. Do you want it? Yeah. Come on, then I don't believe you because it still feels like you're sleeping. I don't know how you're sleeping after that worship service. I know you're awake. We are a product of that upper room. And I, I hear the Lord calling us this morning. Uh, calling us into something new. And I need to know if you are a people that are ready for what He's calling us into. Because there's really no point in the rest of the week. You'll understand why there's no point if you are not a people that are ready to be called into what He has to call us into this morning. I hear the Lord calling us this morning. I know He has been prompting your heart this week. I know He's been prompting your heart this week with things, and maybe you don't know that it's His prompting, but things have been entering in your mind, and that'll make sense in just a second. Or maybe He's shown me these two things, and I felt both of them this week. 
Maybe He has felt silent to you this week. Maybe He's felt silent. Maybe you've been prompted by things and maybe you didn't know that it was God prompting those things and He's just felt silent to you all week. Where is He? What are you saying? What are you doing? I don't know. I don't have clarity to those things. And I would ask you, has that silence produced a seeking? Because that's what it's meant to produce. We have said over and over and over again over the last several weeks, if we seek Him with our whole heart, we will find Him. Not because we'll find Him where He is, but because He will come to where we are in the place where we decide to seek Him with our whole heart. Instantly, He will come. He comes immediately when that is true. And so if that silence has not been producing in you a seeking, I'm telling you now, it's meant to. That you would be pulled deeper. The Lord has been stirring to awaken the people of God. And what He's calling us into this morning, what He's been awaking the people of God into, what I see so clearly. And what I believe, if you felt His silence this week, it's meant for you to fall deeper, that you would understand this and, and, and come into this and, and just be consumed by what He's calling us into this morning. And if it's different promptings, and maybe you didn't think it was God, different ideas of things, and I don't want to share too much because I'll get too far ahead of myself, but... All of that to say what the Lord is calling us into this morning is that we would be a people of passion again. Now passion is a feeling of intense enthusiasm towards or compelling desire for someone or something. And we often tie this word to the flesh. We, especially in our Baptist communities, passion's a dirty word. It's bad. It's associated with dancing and fun. We don't talk about it. We do it, we just don't talk about it in public. Galatians 5, 24, this is, this is our mindset when it comes to this word of passion. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. But passion is not the sin. Because passion is just a feeling of intense enthusiasm towards or compelling desire for someone or something. And the flesh desired some, some things that were not of God, and that has been crucified. We no longer answer to those desires. But now there is to be passion of the Spirit. The Spirit of God, we would be a passionate people. It's time for us to reclaim that word this morning, that we could see passion in us, that the world could see passion in us as God has intended. I would ask you, is His love not passionate over us? Yeah. Can you argue with that? No. There's evidence over and over that His love is passionate for you. Intense over us. It pursues us all the days of our life. This compelling desire to love us and to be good to us. Look with me now at Acts 2, verse 1. We're going to jump through a bunch of these scriptures, so just hold on and keep flipping, but we'll all be in Acts 2, so we'll sh we should be okay. We should be able to keep up. Acts 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now look at verse 14. There's a lot of Scripture, but you'll be okay. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words, for these people are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what 
was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. And the sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood. Before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless, lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Before we move on, if the pain of death was not po- could not hold him, it was not possible for death to hold Christ in it, what circumstance is too powerful for him? None. Come on, right? Just a little reminder. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, For he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we all witnessed. We are all witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel, therefore, know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Christ Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children. And for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to Himself. And with many other words He bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received His word were baptized And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Before we continue on, can you not see the passion of Peter in this place? In In this place in Scripture. In this moment in time that is saving thousands right there. Again, about 3,000 souls saved from this one message. In this moment, receiving the Holy Spirit. And 41 verses later, we have the church. Born through the Spirit of God. Do you not see the passion of Peter that he preached in this place and in this moment? Now 42. And they devoted themselves 
through the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to breaking of bread and prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those that were being saved. And can you not see the passion they had for one another? This community of strangers, they're selling their possessions and belongings to all as any had need and then distributing the proceeds because they are in this moment, they are now just so for one another. They are for the uplifting of one another. They are for each other's uh, well-being. Now turn with me to John 15. We'll be in verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. For every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me... You can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. But if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples." I know some of us have been asking. I've been asking it myself. I know some of you have been asking and had this question before you for what is years now. You've asked, how, how do I bring kindness? Where, where do I bring it? Uh, we've, we've talked often about being a vessel for the Lord's kindness and looking for the places where it's needed, looking for the places where it has not been. And we've asked ourselves, okay, where, where is this place? Where am I specifically supposed to bring this kindness? I know this question has existed. How can I be a part of establishing the kingdom, this kingdom ecosystem in this place that He said He would do in this year? Where do we, you've been asking, where do I fit in this? What is my role in it? And if you are pursuing God, I'm here to tell you, if you are pursuing God, He has already answered that question for you. We just don't know it. We're not used to the way He answers. Remember, we've talked about this before, but we're used to, or we're, I don't know why we're used to this, but we're used to expecting God to answer with the heavens opening, the earth splitting, and the walls shaking, and I just turn into this puddle of emotion. We've set that preference around it, and so most of us have felt like we've never heard God because the rapture never happened. Like, that's the only time that stuff is probably going to happen. So if you're waiting to hear God then, that's probably a little too late. I wouldn't wait for that. But God, and when He speaks and what He does, is not a, it's not attached to feelings. Feelings answer to the Spirit. The Spirit does not answer to our feelings. Right? So sometimes we feel, sometimes there's, I, when, when uh, Randy called Kendall, and and believed that he was counseling the next youth pastor in Sundown, Texas. And then Kendall told that to me. I was talking about it with, with my best friend the other day. He was there. He was witness to this conversation. He could take you to that, to that chair 
in that coffee shop. He knew exactly where we because it, it was a God moment. And it was imprinted in our mind. It was a foundational moment of life change. And when Kendall presented this, this uh, conversation with me, when he said, I believe that this is yours to do. He told me about it. I, I, I couldn't, I looked like a, like a little kid. I was just giddy. Like on Christmas morning, I was just smiling. I was just so happy. I was overflowing with joy. And I don't know why, because I had sworn from day one, I will never be in ministry. That sounds miserable. And sometimes it is. <laughs> sometimes it's miserable. I'm here to tell you, I was right. But man, joy abounds in it. But there was all that to say, there was, a, there was so much feeling attached to the overwhelming joy when my heart said yes. And it's like, I didn't even feel like I had a choice in it. I just feel like I said yes before I even had a chance to say yes to it. It was a, it was a profound moment. But all that to say, there were, there were feelings attached to it. And sometimes there's not. A lot of times... What I've noticed in these kind of seasons when the Lord brings something and we're not sure that it's the Lord, we're not, we're not really thinking about it on terms of is God giving me this or is this just an idea that I've had? A lot of times it's an idea that brings you excitement. Something enters your mind and you become excited about it. You become excited about doing it. I'm just prefacing this before we continue on because I know He is giving you passions for certain things to happen. He is giving you dreams He's giving you visions for our city, for the places that you dwell. You have desires for things to happen. You have ideas. I know that in this season you've had ideas. You've been driving down the street and thought, well, what if, what if somebody did this? Or man, this city could really use this. Or man, we, I, I wish somebody would just go ahead and start this. And the Lord gave you those for you. To be a part of doing it. We have got to remove this mentality of wanting somebody else to do what the Lord has given you to do. If this is, I'm telling you this morning, if it's an idea you've had, the Lord has given it for you. That doesn't mean you have to do it alone. Share it with the body of Christ. That's what we're going to be doing Wednesday. And that's why I, I didn't plan this. I didn't plan it at all. The Lord told me two weeks ago, that we need to have a kindness project meeting in this place on a Wednesday night. And I said, okay. And I've been like, it's a good thing I don't have hair. Because I pull it out. I've been stressed. I'm like, what are we going to talk about in this meeting? This is going to be so awkward because I don't know what we're supposed to do. And then the Lord brings this word. And I'm like, oh, okay, I know exactly what we're talking about in the meeting. Because the Lord has been delivering to you ideas. He's given you dreams. He's given you visions. And these are for you to share with the body of Christ because it is ours to do. But what we've done with the Kindness Project so far, it's really been three men working every Wednesday night. And we've seen the change in our city. But the Kindness Project is not for three to do. And it is not for three to be a part of. And the Kindness Project is not the demolition of buildings in sundown and making people upset. We've made so many people upset. They're really attached to these really old, decrepit buildings. They won't go inside them. But they don't want me to tear it down. But I did. They'll be okay. They'll get over it. But that is not the extent of the kindness project. The extent of the kindness project is the dreams, the visions, and the ideas that the Lord has planted in you. One of the greatest examples of this, 
Don't, I'm going to steal some of your testimony. Okay? Cool? Yeah. Good? They're good. They're good with it. Um, but they, they shared this, and this is the kindness project. I don't know how this idea came to them, but it did. I don't know if it came through some uh, phenomenal prophetic vision or if it was just an idea because they felt like being nice to neighbors. But getting coffee and donuts, right? And just putting them out in their driveway and sitting out there, kids play, and as people came by, offering them coffee and donuts. And just striking up conversation with people that are on walks on a, on a beautiful Saturday morning through their neighborhood. That is kindness. And that is the kindness project. Because that place, there, there had not been kindness that existed in that way on that curb. I guarantee there's never been a coffee donut stand in, on that curb where they live now. Until they got there. But a beautiful and unique idea that established kindness in places that had probably never existed in that way. And they went, what, 30 feet from your front door? Maybe? Changed the world. And established kindness in a neighborhood. I'm telling you, that neighborhood is a profound place to drive through. Because the Spirit of God is heavy in it. Because of these little acts of kindness and just because it was an idea and the Lord is giving you these ideas. The Lord is giving you this vision. He's giving you these dreams. He's giving you these hopes. I'm telling you, it is, it is who I am. I am a dreamer. And that can get me into some trouble. Especially financially. Because I want, I want dreams now. And so I'll buy them. And then I'll tell Sarah later. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's bad news. It's bad news. And Randy warned me of that, and I listen sometimes. Other times the dreams get the best of me. But I am a dreamer. I am a dreamer. And, so, and the Lord knew that when He called me to this place and the, to this position and set me over, over this house and as a pastor in this community, the only pastor in Sundown, Texas. He knew that. He knew that I would be a dreamer, but he did not ever intend for me to be a dreamer that stood alone, dreaming dreams, because this is not my city. This is our city. And it is time for us to take ownership of our city, because the Lord is releasing dreams and visions in me, and he is also releasing them in you, because this is not mine to do, this is ours to do. There are ideas that exist in you. And there is not a bad idea when it comes to spreading kindness and building up a place that has been abandoned. I get so exhausted when I have conversations with people. I've had a conversation with people that are upset with how many houses are selling and how quickly they're selling. Like, what? Uh, it's just going to ruin our town. What? There's new people, young people that are coming to our city. They're moving here on purpose. And this is bad? They're updating homes, they're building new homes, and this is a bad thing for our city. Because the last time I checked, there are a lot of places that stayed empty for 30, 40 years. I've knocked some of them down. This is not a bad thing. This is a good thing. The Lord is desiring to do a new and good thing in our city. And we get to be a part of it. And you get to be a part of it because He has released to you ideas and visions and dreams. And you are to be passionate about it. 
Passion, again, being an intense, almost uncontrollable desire. But this is what the Lord showed me. We will not let ourselves go. God has released it to us. He's released ideas. He's released vision. He's released dreams over our city. Even it's just a passing by idea. He's released these things to us. But we will not release ourselves upon this city. God is freely releasing to us what He would have us do to establish all that He has said He seeks to establish. But we will not release ourselves over it. And this morning I declare that we would release all that has been released to us. Amen? That we would let ourselves go. Let ourselves go. We have treated ourselves as a dog on a leash and the Lord has said there is nothing attached. Go. Run free. There is, there, we, if you are pursuing God, you can't take a wrong step here. Look at the freedom that we have in this place. If God is your pursuit, if God is your heart and your desire, Holy Spirit, you're all I want. That is what we've been talking about for several weeks and we've been talking about all these things that would seek to distract us. Can you not see how it is built to this? Because God has said, if you pursue me, you have so much more freedom than you think you have. This sitting and waiting, Lord, am I supposed to do this? If He gave you the idea, yes, you're supposed to do it. Go and do it. It came straight from the Father's heart. Again, that's why we read John 15. If you remain in Him, and His Word remains in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. We are meant to bear fruit. And we are meant to be released upon the earth. We are not sent here to stay stagnant. We are sent here to be released and to occupy. You cannot occupy standing still. You must go with boldness and walk through the gates of a kingdom that, did, that has not been God's and declare this will now be God's. Walk into strongholds that are not of the kingdom of heaven and say this is now a stronghold for the kingdom of heaven. Period. No more talking about it. No ands, if, or buts. You are released and you must go. The upper room in Acts 2 released all that was released. And passion was seen. They didn't understand how to hold anything back. They didn't, they didn't learn that. And I hate that we've lived in a society, of a church culture that has taught us how to hold ourselves back. Because it's politically correct or it's, or it's, you know, it's more comfortable. It's less taboo. Like the dancing, freely dancing during worship. <coughs> Why has that ever been thought to be a negative thing? If your child is dancing in the kitchen to music, are you going to say, stop it? Are you going to scold them for dancing freely and expression, expressing their emotions in your own home? So why have we done it in God's house? Who are we to set authority on what can and cannot be done in this place? That is God's to do and God's alone. Amen? Amen. We, have, we have learned, unfortunately, what it is to withhold ourselves from the world around us. And what has happened is we have withheld ourselves from one another. We have withheld ourselves from one another. It has been so wonderful the last several weeks to have the testimony that we've had. I, Carrie, I think you've spoken up here like four times in a row. It's wonderful. I was thinking that when I was sitting down. I was like, 
course, Carrie has, I mean, yeah, it's part of the service now. <laughs> like, it's just normal. I, I'm, I'm just grateful. I'm like, this is, that, this is the body of Christ. Shay coming and sharing something she's not new, not going to do it. But sharing with us where the Lord has her. That's what we're meant to do. We're meant to release ourselves to one another. You're meant to know me and I'm meant to know you. And we're meant to build this dream of God together. We're meant to dream alongside one another. We're meant to allow the passion of the Lord that has been placed in us for His kingdom to be released. Amen? Some of you are just realizing this passion came from God. Some of you are, are beginning, I, I believe that the Lord is just bringing to mind these ideas that you've had over the years, and you're just realizing, oh, the Lord, that was assignment. And I've done that. I've currently, I'm currently doing that with some things. I put them off like, ah, the Lord wants it to happen. It will magically appear and fall in my lap, and it will be so effortless, because it will be God. Laziness is not God. And we've used that as an excuse to be inactive. Because if it's the Lord's, it'll just work itself out. And in some instances, that is absolutely true. If you're in a circumstance that is very clearly beyond your means, God will work it out. It's in His hands, not my own. But the building of this community and establishing the kingdom of heaven in it is absolutely in your hands. Because He has released it unto us. Amen? He's not released it unto anybody else. He's released it unto us. So if we abide, those desires were placed in our heart by Him. So let loose people of passion the kindness that is in you. If it is for the building up of this city, it is of God. And if you are abiding in the Lord, seeking to pursue Him and do His will on this earth, it is for you to do. And so in this moment... I would just ask for us to stand and open our hands. We're just doing our typical thing. As Carrie is regularly speaking, I'm also regularly telling you to stand, hands open, looking unto heaven uh, as we receive, intentionally receive what the Lord has spoken. I'm, I'm not giving you an out where you can choose to receive it or not. I'm just putting you on blast. You have to receive it. And this is, this is so perfectly designed for what we need to discuss Wednesday. Because Wednesday is to be a discussion of the ideas that God has given you. Dreams that may take us years to accomplish and dreams that are meant for us to accomplish that very second. Ideas that are for the building up that we can take before city council, that we can take before school board, that we can take before people of authority in our cities that can help us get it done, but they exist in you and they are meant to be known in the house of God. Amen? They are meant to be known among us. We are meant to talk about it. We are meant to discuss it. We are meant to do our part because I have been blessed with certain things in my life and you have been blessed with certain things in your life and what I need to complete the goals and ideas that the Lord has given me are sitting in your arsenal. And what you need is sitting in mine. You're not meant to do it alone, but you are meant to be bold in leading and going forward in it. Amen? So, Again, I would ask you, just hold your hands open. Eyes open or closed, it doesn't matter to me, but I pray that you would just in this moment take a, take a moment to receive what God has spoken. And there's, I see these, I see a heart. This is what I see. I see a heart that has had a, a rope tied around it. And it has tried to grow around this rope as a tree will grow around an object that restricts it. I see a heart that has been trying to grow around this rope, that has tried 
to restrict its size. <coughs> it has tried to restrict it from getting any larger. And I speak in this moment, I pray in this moment, I see in this moment. This is not what I want to happen, this is what the Lord is doing if you say yes. I just see Him undoing the rope. Untwirling it around that heart. That the heart could grow freely. And that heart is passion for His name and passion for His kingdom. And He is removing what has bound it, what we place there to bound it, to bind it, that it could not grow. What we place there to restrict the passion of our heart for King Jesus and for His kingdom, the Lord has undone it. In Jesus' name. So let your heart grow. Let it explode beyond what can be contained. Passion for His name beyond what can be contained, but that the world would see that we are a people of passion. Passion for His name, not blind passion. Specific, significant, unique passion for His name and for His kingdom established here on earth. And now I pray that you would receive the ideas that he has for you, the dreams that he has to give you, the visions that he's portraying before you, putting on display. Receive it now. And as you drive, I know as you drive from now till Wednesday, he will continue to give you eyes to see and ears to hear places where kindness can be put, and it's just going to be an idea. It's just going to seem like a random idea. You're not going to know how it can be done. You're not going to know how it's possible. Write it down. We are to write it down because we are meant to discuss it. The house of God, the body of Christ. We are members one of another, and you are not meant to go through this on your own, but we, the body of Christ, are meant to move together as one, as the people did in Acts 45. All were together and had all things in common and they were selling and distributing. They were selling their belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. That's not because God calls Christians to sell everything they have and be homeless. It's because God called them to a specific vision that would lead to the freedom of thousands and they said yes to it and they operated in it together. It looked different for every one of them but they operated in unity together under one banner, the Spirit of God. And in that, a city was transformed. And can our city not be the same? A city transformed by the kingdom of God. Amen. Yes, Lord. We receive it in fullness. Let it be. We are here not to blindly go through this life, but you have given us specific steps to take. I pray that we would see them. We would catch them and we would recognize them when they come. With such clarity, we would know when it's you. These ideas that you'll bring, that you've brought now, that you'll bring this week, that you'll bring for years to come, I pray that we see them. That we grab hold of them. And that we share them with the body of Christ, allowing you to lead us, this body, we who are members one of another, we who are set apart for each other. Lead us 
in the executing of these visions and these dreams over this city, that what would exist in this city is a kingdom ecosystem, a place totally unique, unlike any community around it, where the kingdom dwells, where it looks more like the heart of God than anything else in all of creation. We receive it now. And we let loose our passion. We release ourselves over this community. Lord, I pray that there would be no hesitation to take a step as you reveal us a step to be taken. But we would take it with boldness. That we would run with freedom as you have called us to do. It is no longer a time for walking, but a time for running. There is much to do. We thank you, King Jesus. Pray that all of this is received in your name, but not just in this moment, but it is received for the rest of our days. Because what you have called us into is not just for a short time, but it is for a lifetime. And we receive it in fullness. Come, King Jesus. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.